So hi, welcome to Good Noise Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm Glory. And we're here with Jake, Devin, Rob, and Ross. And we are the burden. And we're some some questions say about their upcoming album, Terminal. So congrats on that, by the way. How do you feel about the response to the announcement so far? Pretty wild. I didn't think we'd ever make three full records. <laughs> and we're here. We're old and we're still doing it. So Hell yeah. The the album rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, Abby's you. been really hyping me up to you guys and she keeps going you gotta have them on the show you gotta have, on, gotta have them on the show I'm like well you have to send me an email about them I'm glad she did uh, because the <laughs> album is great thank you thank so you. much of course uh, so is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art I'll let Ross take that one he's like our <laughs> visual director <laughs> yeah um, both are connected to each other the album title is kind of a, a bit of a dual meaning thing because a lot of the themes on the record deal with um, loss, grief, um, healing, and sort of learning to sort of rebuild yourself and move forward in the wake of loss. And so we wanted, we, we named the album terminal as sort of a play on words of that, because it can mean kind of two things that, you know, terminal can mean something final, you know, it can mean something, at the end of at that's run the end of its course, but it, it can also be a waypoint or sort of a, a station of transition along a journey. So um, playing off of that, um, the album cover is sort of a physical representation of that. The 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 actual object that's on the album cover, that sort of window window box, we 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 kind of dubbed it and called it the terminal to sort of signify that it's this it's this place that encapsulates both of those things. It can, it can be interpreted in, in however many ways you want to, whether it's sort of this final resting place or that sort of way station point where you're sort of waiting and being in transition. And so having the, the figure inside the, inside the objects is representative of that. All right. Very cool. That's really cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album? It was unlike different. we've ever done before. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> um, over the so place. we literally, we started writing the first song, like all of our previous work, we all sat down in a room together and just worked on ideas. And we did a little bit of like digital writing. Um, but when it came to, to write for this record, we just released our album, Sinking Feeling. And we were just always kind of gung-ho about like, let's write. So I remember we had a band practice and right before the pandemic started and we started working on our first song and literally like the next week the world shut down so we had to take those ideas and it was largely i guess devin will come up with just some rough drum ideas um and i drive him crazy and kind of patchwork quilt those all together and (laughs) write riffs over top of those and then we send it back and forth with the band to be like is this part too long what do you think about this part and we all kind of have some creative input that way and once the skeleton of the songs all put together and we're happy with kind of the composition, then I throw vocals on top of it. So it's weird because there's some songs on this record that we've never played as a band ever like together where it was very minimal on that on our previous releases. Like um, all of our songs prior to this record, we've at least like sat in a room and played front to back together. <laughs> where this one, like there's some songs that really took life kind of fully digitally where 
we kind of have to like if it becomes popular and we're like okay let's play this one live we got to really figure out how to make it work live and make all of us like keep that full sound because <laughs> yeah. we didn't really write with intentions of playing live on this record it was more like how can we get the best song out of this so um yeah so exciting challenge with the new type of writing style i guess that we we had to work with with this record that's that's crazy that you guys kind of started it right as the pandemic was hitting and you know it sounds like for the most part you guys adapted pretty well to like that that new writing style of like doing it all apart you know so that's good yeah it was it was a bit of a transition period because again kind of like jake said like we we were before that we were the band that we had a jam space and we at least twice a week sometimes three times a week when we were more active before that we were always together whether it was writing or just practicing stuff to play live and so it was it was definitely an adjustment because then all of a sudden we're all there's no more shows we can't see each other we're all locked in our houses yeah yeah so it was just this sort of like okay well we had one or two ideas that we had started kind of working on and now how do we how do we keep doing this you know and then as things started to kind of mid-pandemic slowly open open back up again we were able to like, you know, we would get together and hang out and because we didn't have a jam space anymore. It was just like, okay, well, let's all get together at my place or, or Rob's place where we had like sort of the digital setup with the interface and stuff. And we could kind of like plug in and it, would, it was just sort of this little back and forth thing of like, you know, Devin would work on programming some more drums and change it up. And then one of the guys would jump on the guitar and we would, you know, riff around and get it. So it was kind of this, we never actually got to like, we, we would be in the room together uh, eventually working on the song, but we didn't actually get to sit down and play it together. So it was like yeah. Devin would program the drums and then swap over to one of the guitars and swap back. And yeah, then when everything was done, like Jake said, he would take vocals and lay it over. And then that's how we built out all of the demos for this record. And did we do the four songs like live recording for fun before or after the pandemic? Remember, there's four songs that were done much earlier than all the other ones. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, we kind of right. had we had a first batch of songs like before we started talking to the folks at Open Your Ears Records and stuff. Um, we kind of shifted gears. We were going to self-release an EP initially, and we had kind of all the groundwork there for it. And boom, like I guess it was five songs really because we have an interlude on the record that was supposed to be on the original EP as well. And I think with we didn't do like a live recording uh ross started doing his bass recording for those and we never really got too far into that but um yeah like i think one of the the weird things about the writing process with all this and something we really worried about is like making the album sound cohesive which mm -hmm. i think we managed to do um mm -hmm. and i think it really eased a lot of like future anxieties we had about the band with us all getting kind of i guess older shifting focuses and priorities in life like like how do we keep doing this when we don't have a jam space? And then we were kind of forced into that situation anyways. Like, yeah. so yeah, it's the, a weird record. <laughs> for yeah, that. The, the album definitely feels cohesive, obviously in the sense, you know, as, as the songs as a whole, but um, I listened to it. We got a Dropbox, so I didn't get a chance to listen to the record, like flow through, but it's, cool. <laughs> and I was driving, yeah. so I couldn't do it fast enough to even really recognize it. But it seemed to me, like the songs flow into each other which obviously helps with the with the cohesive nature of the album mm -hmm. yeah we're always super intentional about like track listing and like order and transitions like it does transition like right into the next song and like that's 
since our first record because we we grew up as like massive music fans and we're like a bunch of music nerds really at the end of the day so like it doesn't matter about playing in front of x amount of people blah 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 like we just want to write records that we would love to listen to and like mm-hmm. as the art of the album is dying <clears throat> like it's still very important to all of us to like have like i mean each song stands alone and i think you can listen to each song or you can throw it on shuffle but like i want to have like a little bit of like i guess a reward for the people who want to sit down and listen to the record front to back um Mm -hmm. to give it like a little extra layer of like i guess cohesiveness and um make it feel like a journey rather than just a collection of songs yeah i think we were even more intentional this time around with that too because of the nature of the themes of the record we I know and this was our I'll talk about that later but we were more intentional about working with our producer to make sure that we were really happy with the soundscape of 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 how those transitions went you know how they flowed how they felt and just sort of the whole audio landscape of of the the, the emotional space that they evoked too because it's like it, it, it can be fun to have it as just like cool this is fun ear candy this sounds neat to transition to the next song but yeah we we wanted it to be all make sense in even more so than we had prior because of how important that overall theme was for this record makes sense and then i just want to go back to what you said earlier jake you said that this album was made basically just to sound good make the songs sound awesome versus uh kind of picturing them played live uh when kind of just going through that process of making the songs did it kind of give you like a little bit of freedom with it where it's just kind of like, oh, we could do this really cool part that we might not be able to do live, but it's going to sound awesome on the record. Totally. Um, like usually I write vocal parts because vocals, it's, it's weird. So I like I play guitar in the band from a studio standpoint. But like when it comes to live, I don't. I just I do front man stuff like I'm just I'm just the vocalist. So usually I write the parts in mind with like as a guitarist being like, could I sing and play guitar if we were to do this live? Mm -hmm. Um, Thinking about Rob, because Rob plays guitars and does vocals live for us. So when, when working on vocals for this record, I think I was less intentional about being like, there's an overlapping scream and the guitar is really difficult to like, do at the same time so sorry yeah. rob in, in, in <laughs> advance, because we are planning on playing live we haven't played since the pandemic but i think that it was super freeing in the fact of like us being like oh this part would be really cool but oh, i don't know how we work that out live like mm-hmm. but then like in that perspective i think when you go and see a band and the songs are kind of swapped to have like a different experience live i think that that's also a fun thing about live because to to witness a band play a song live like you almost crave that imperfection because if you wanted Mm -hmm. to hear like that album version of the song you just listen to the record like i hate when it sounds like a band is just like backtrack you know exactly yeah (laughs) which that that's fun and cool and there's the space for that but like i also love when things don't feel perfect live and Mm -hmm. like they still feel tight though you know so like i'm excited to see how they evolve when we play them live for sure Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, so what song off this album took longest to write, and which one is each of your own personal favorites? Good question. Oz, <laughs> as I look up the track listing here. Yeah. I <laughs> we we have all the, the demo still in our head, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, I perked up. I thought he was like excited to answer the question. Turns out he just had to go to the Google <laughs> we're Drive all folder. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, I know the song names. I swear. Yeah. Uh, Devin, what do I you think the was, took the longest? Um, took the longest uh, from a, I guess personally from a drum standpoint, um, it has. I think it would be. Golden Graves, actually, the the second to last song on the record. Yeah, that changed um, a lot. <clears throat> drum wise, it went through so many different versions and uh, styles um, before we eventually uh, eventually settled on on what it is. Um, and that was that was one of the first first four that we we had written. I feel like I feel like once once we got past those first four, it was almost easier. Um, we kind of had a pressure after yeah, the first four I, yeah. because <laughs> we wanted to to write the record right we we're, we're, with that being said we didn't try to rush through the rest of them but like it kind of just clicked and we were a band that works really well under pressure like if nobody gives us a deadline we're just gonna like i oh, will get around to it sort of thing but then it's yeah. like we self-imposed the deadline with the rest <laughs> it was also well, around the beginning when we started writing more digitally so i think we were still kind of figuring out the the best way to to do that or what works best for for us as a band kind of thing um and then then we kind of just got into a groove with it and um it just happened so easy <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah golden gray's even changed like in the studio like, yeah we rewrote yeah. a whole vocal part on that too so like yeah that's a good I, I agree with Devin. That probably took the longest. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. I just remember. And I think because it, it, of all the songs on the record, I think it has just sort of the most moving parts on it. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. The rest, most of the other, most of the rest of the album has, the songs have a bit more structure to them. We, with that song, we were just, yeah, we were having fun and we were like, well, what if we tried putting this part in? And then it would then become like, okay, well, this is cool, but now we have to go change this other part or or swap these parts because this makes no sense going into this now, but we still want to keep both. So yeah, there was a little bit of up and down and back and forth with that. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, sorry. sorry. Ross. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I think the only other one that I can think of personally that I remember maybe, I don't know if it took the longest, but went through more iterations. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was Lightbulb Mouth Treasure yeah that was the other that that was the other that was the other one that we actually got a chance to jam a bit live while we were writing it um when pandemic restrictions started easing up we had a couple of chances to actually sit in a room and and live play live and practice some of these and play through them and that was one that started in that space and so i remember i just remember there being like we had the breakdown part which i think we actually originally started the song with I remember no it was like halfway through the bridge versus like that's right starting yeah. the bridge yeah yeah so yeah. that one definitely takes <laughs> yeah. so long yeah. long answered <laughs> yeah. probably golden, golden graves, graves. Yeah. and light bulb mouth treasure both yeah okay. yeah and uh favorites oh, oh. Mm-hmm. favorites Everyone's i'm gonna favorite. go last you guys can i'll can go, go first now. um i have two for two different reasons um <laughs> Uh, Terrible Fate is my favorite uh, drum-wise to play. Uh, it's super different than anything uh, I and we as a band have ever really done. And I think it's it turned out better than any of us could have hoped for. Uh, favorite to listen to is Losing Your Exterior. And I think that was 
that was a, a band favorite as soon as as soon as it was written uh we knew that this this was going to be one of the, the the top listens for sure oh yeah i just have to co- i just have to copy paste evan's answers <laughs> i think it's kind of the same thing i think terrible fate has the best chorus on the whole record i think it's one of the best choruses jake has ever written period for the band and um yeah losing your exterior is just tons of fun to play i love the way the song progresses i really like the chorus on it too um and i think at risk of of i I just have to kind of keep it there because i we all i i love all the songs on these on this record for for a lot of different reasons but i think those are kind of the, the highlight stickouts for me as well all right yeah, it's tough to sell in this album. Usually I have like a clear favorite. I have like favorite parts in every song. Like I could pick 10 parts. I wouldn't be a good song, but I could put them all together and that would be my favorite. But we always want to like, every album we kind of want to hit more extremes. Like we want to get heavier and we want to get softer. Mm-hmm. So, which is funny because it seems like all our favorite song on this album is Losing Your Exterior, which is not the heavy one because that's also my favorite. It's just so catchy. It's so 2004 mm-hmm. compared to the rest of the stuff on the album. And I just, I can't get enough of it. At risk of stealing some of Jake's thunder, I think one of the reasons too is like, I think, and we've, we kind of talk about this every record, but like we, every record, we've kind of had that one song that we all collectively feel like in, in one song encapsulates the whole of our sound across a whole record. And I think that's what losing exterior exterior hits. And we always just want to write songs that we want to write music that we would love to listen to. I think that's why it ends up being a favorite. It's Cause it's just like, man, this is like, we feel confident in knowing it's like, this feels like us front to back. It kind of hits all of the notes of what we do. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm going to try to be a little different. Cause if at surface level, I'd say those two songs are like, <laughs> like I remember writing terrible fate and Devin and I, like we felt like, cause some songs like click together so quick where we're just like, damn, that's the verse. There's the chorus. Boom. And terrible fate. Like literally I remember Devin and I took a couple hours kind of piecing it together. And by the end of it, we listened to it and we're like, Holy shit. And usually I procrastinate and, uh, take a long time for vocals i had vocals written for that song the next day devin came back over to my place and like i literally was recording the last line as he walked in and i was like what do you think and we were like holy crap and some of those vocals that were on the demo made the record version like we were just like i think that's a better take than because there's some magic in like the roughness of it right but i'd say um to be a little different one that I really think we pushed ourselves in those extremes like Rob was talking about with Sparkle Motion because there's like literally the heaviest this band has ever been on that song. Um, we're big fans of just like frenetic, mathy, weird shit um, like Callous Dab Boys and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the whole second verse is just like math in your head and frenetic and but then like it's a pop punk chorus. And at the end, it has like a Backstreet Boys moment and like the bridge has like a My Chemical Romance type part. So like, I really love that song. And then um, one that means a lot to me personally is the, the last song. It's called Cassiar on the record. I'd say to the last question, that probably took the longest time because I had the concept for that song for like two and a half years before it came to fruition. Yeah. Damn. Um, that one is about my grandfather passing away and it actually has voice clips of my dad like saying his goodbyes to my grandpa like three hours before he passed so like 
personally means a lot to me and like my whole family. Um, mm -hmm. And it's a really rough listen to it. I remember when I sent Rob the demo and he texted me a week later and he says, I hate you right now. <laughs> I said, Aww. why? He's like, because I'm crying on my kitchen floor. So it's a tough listen, but I think like we've always like left a spot to have like a softer song on the record. And mm -hmm. we've always, I've always like tried to push the, the songwriting on those songs. And I know I'm really proud of that song for sure, personally. Hell yeah. Yeah, I've listened to it four times and I've cried four times. I refuse to listen to it. <laughs> he has to pull his car over here. It. I still can't get yeah. through it without crying either. Uh, yeah. I tried rough. to listen to it driving one day and I literally had to pull over and like stop. <laughs> Damn. Well, that's yeah, a perfect segue into my next question. Uh, where was your headspace at while you guys were writing the album? Uh, I like. Uh, sum up i guess for all of us i feel like the pandemic was was pretty tough for us um you know like mental health manifestations of like stress anxieties depression uh, we dealt with like loss and i mean we're really tight-knit and i think that's part of like i guess our longevity as a band is we're all friends first and a band second so like not being able to really spend a lot of quality time while we were writing this record was kind of tough because it, it felt like sure we were like writing the best stuff I think we've ever written but like it did, also didn't feel like we were a band because we didn't get that FaceTime like you know twice a week of writing these songs and watching each other's reactions to each part while we were playing them live but um so I think like I know personally from a lyrical standpoint and like music standpoint on my end um it was really a depressing time <laughs> and i think that kind of uh shows on the record um but i think there's a little bit of hope on the record too um because a lot of great things happened in the last couple of years as well and i think that those things reflect on the record what about you guys <laughs> uh yeah I'll, I'll second everything that you said um i know like you said just not having the uh initial reactions from each other when uh uh, you know, we finally nail that, that, that one part or that, that one transition, um, yeah, I don't like going completely digital was super, super difficult at first. Um, so there'd be, I'd sit down and try to put some, put something together and there'd just be nothing there. And I, I would just kind of, you know, throw in the towel and, and that would be it. Um, and then, uh, I remember, um, finally hitting a stride and I, I think it ended up being deathbed daydream, uh, and that was, that was the moment where it was like, okay, we can do this. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It felt... think... Oh, go ahead, Rob. I think like at first <laughs> it's tough, like we said, with the writing transition, but then because you can't really get outside and do as much, I think a lot of good albums came out because of COVID because you have that time to sit down and like nitpick because like you're at home you're not going out you're not doing this so you can really like get into the nitty-gritty and really spend the time but it was still like a lot of not good times <laughs> funneled into it which might be why you know the artwork is so dark and some of the themes are dark even though you know we're fun guys and we have a good time like we definitely dug deep for this one i think because you kind of had to there's not much else going on for a while there absolutely yeah, I think there was just a lot of, and it's weird because I don't think any of us are really pessimistic people by nature, but especially me, but it was like that first couple of years of the pandemic, especially the first year was just so jarring and such a change. And like, 
even just the whole process of the whole record was it wasn't I don't want to say a headache it was just there was things changed constantly and like the the fact that it wasn't even even the fact that it wasn't supposed to be a record which is is kind of like the, the kind of the cool hopeful point of it but like the pandemic hit and we'd started writing and like it's like Jay said we had like four or five demos and we were like we don't know what how long this is going to go on we don't know if we're going to play shows again you know we don't know when that's going to happen if that's going to happen and like we've that was i think that was one of the hardest things for us to all come to terms with was the fact that we we love we don't we're not a touring band but we love playing live we play shows regionally within western canada and it's always a blast we just have fun and having that taken away sucked and so it was like okay well do we, we I, I remember the conversation too is do we even want to write another record like we want to keep writing but what do we do with it and so we're like well let's we have these demos let's get them put together let's get an ep out and go from there kind of thing and so it was all kind of piecemeal because yeah it was like we did these things digitally and we cobbled the demos together digitally and even talking with our producer was like well we can't come record so we'll like send you di's and we'll just do the digital thing i guess you know we'll program drums whatever so that was kind of our original plan and like i was fortunate enough that um i had actually gone down because again mid pandemic things loosened up a little bit we were at the point where we were kind of like finally starting to be able to like let's just get this stuff together let's just get it out and so like rob said we had the time to like up we weren't doing anything else. I I would I knew the songs inside out and backwards on bass at that point. So it was like, I have the time. I'm taking a weekend. I'm gonna go down and I'm gonna track bass with our producer. Yeah. Because I needed to do something and I didn't want to just be sitting in my house anymore. So it was like, cool, yeah, we've got, you know, live bass recorded. But then it was like, well, now what? Now we have to try and coordinate the rest of it. How do we even do that? And we wrote eight more songs. Yeah. And then, well, yeah. And then in the process of all that, the rest came about with with Open Your Ears, talking to Open Your Ears and them offering us the deal. But then them saying, we want you to do a full record. And we're like, okay. You're like, <laughs> go write eight more songs. <laughs> like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Now we started like, really formulating that in like november 2021 and then we went and recorded in april of 2022 so we have had we've been sitting on this album for a year or two which is also really weird because mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have to kind of get in our heads and be like this is new to everyone else even if we've heard this like these songs for years now <laughs> um but yeah i guess to sum up the whole answer of, for the question is just it was a, it was a dark kind of bleak time for the band for sure Absolutely. Uh, so are you able to talk about any particularly challenging or standout moments from the creation of this record? I know you just said that was difficult, but just, you know, writing process, that type of thing, uh, positive or negative. Well, we have a, a recording issue on the album, just a little. Uh, we all go down. It's an eight hour drive from where we were. <laughs> Jake and Ross get down in the studio. They're there for a day or two. I show up on, I think, Sunday. I don't know, get off the plane. We all hang out in the studio. Ross wakes up the next day. Granted, we've all been, like, together. I mean, guys and bands are pretty close to each other. And uh, Ross has COVID the next day. And we're supposed to be down there for a week recording. Not in town, of course. So uh, that really... (laughs) 
Not a good time. Not this a good time. album yeah. was one of the funnest, but also most difficult to record. Because... Literally everything that could have gone wrong in oh, yeah. some way did. Oh, yeah. Just like so now we have to like between Jake, myself, and our producer Jordan Pinkley, who's like world class. He used to player, play bass in a band called Secret handy. and Whisper, so <laughs> like he's a terrific bassist. <laughs> but, you know, you just add one more thing. We're supposed to be down there having fun and like Ross is literally stuffed in a room playing Switch for five or six days, and yeah, I was stuck. I was stuck quarantined in our Airbnb for the whole week. Yeah. We were yeah. all yeah. like testing daily to be like, well, if we all have COVID, then we can make it work. Yeah. But Ross was the only one testing yeah. positive for COVID. I was. I was one well, at that point. I was out. at that point. I was the only one that hadn't had it before. So yeah, I got so. knocked out hard. But just the whole yeah, Rob's right. The whole process of you know, once we got to the point of like, cool, the record's done. Now it's time to record. It was tough because I think all of us kind of feel like a little bit bittersweet about it for different uh-huh. reasons. It, me because of that. But like, we couldn't really enjoy it together. Even just timing yeah. wise, Devin, Devin had to, had to down go down a week before a week yeah. before and track drums. So he was in the studio alone with, with our producer and our engineer. And then he came home and then, yeah, Jake and I went down and then Rob joined us a day later. And then, I got taken out and so it was just like I, I remember like and I, I had to drive home on my own like a day early too and then Rob's wife had to come down and with her vehicle to pick she up She was pregnant and, at the time It was it was wild. Just, like the whole thing like I, I just remember getting home the day after I got home knowing the guys were still finishing up in the studio I'm I was finally well enough to travel but I was still sick and just like even just like the whole month after, like I remember even when Jordan started sending us mixes, I was, I was honestly, I don't even know if I even really expressed to the rest of you guys how bitter I was, but like, I, I just, oh, we I, do. Just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to have like, I just wanted nothing to do with anything about the record for a while until I had my faith. It sucks. Cause it was, it was like, you know, we had, it, it, and it was our first so i think the other part of that for me was because this was actually our first time since our first record modern disease which i wasn't in the band for at the time but as this lineup it's it was the first time that we actually were able to do a full record together like at, in a studio um our ep after modern disease presence of past tense was like it was kind of like a digital thing like we, we've always been a diy band mm-hmm. so, like we tracked everything ourselves and then sent stuff off to be produced by our producer. And it was like that for, for presence of past tense and sinking feeling. This was the first time where it was like, Oh, we can like, we actually get to have the studio experience together. We're doing the thing. And it all just got blown to hell. And so it's just like, you know, that part of it is it's, it's there in, in every, every idea. It's weird that even like after Jake had already written everything lyrically, it just had to come back one more time as just, just as like that final stamp on the record of like this record came from everything that sucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really um, did. And we were photo finish, like literally. So on Rob on Rob and my side, Ross is miserable dying in the Airbnb that we booked and uh like quarantined in his room. <laughs> and then Rob and I went from being like, oh, this will be a nice fun easy week we'll have breathing room to holy shit we had 14 hour days in the studio like just 
insane, exhausted. Um, and the last day we, we saved vocals mostly for the last day. I did little parts here and there, but I did like six hours straight of screaming to the part where I, th- like, I thought I was going to throw up. I, like, Jesus yeah, like just brutal headache. And like, we finished the record, I think like 1030 at night on our last day. Like, yeah, it was, it was wild. So like, we felt like, like I mentioned, we're all like, right. Like, friends first so mm-hmm. we're all honestly super bummed about ross not being able to be there i'm like yeah. i'd be pissed too if i if i booked time off work was you know doing the thing and like we're all such close friends and like the day we did have all together in the studio was awesome but then like yeah to know that he's just sitting there being miserable <laughs> eight hours away from home like it wasn't a fun experience for us in that regard because like we really did feel for ross but then like rob and i had to like like it was fun don't get me wrong but like we had to work harder than we could have ever anticipated like to to make sure it actually got done in time absolutely well that is probably the craziest album story we've gotten because obviously talked to to a lot of bands everybody's recorded their album like during the pandemic or right after and uh definitely the craziest story we've gotten um hoping that the next one is not as crazy as this one yeah well i now have a son Jake's about to have a daughter, so our next recording is still going to be like, well, how do we balance going to Kelowna for a week and bringing our wives and kids, I guess? Like, I'm not leaving my family for a week, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. So it'll be we, just we've wild, talked sure. jokingly, well, not even jokingly, <laughs> like all of our our families get along at this point. We all have uh, a pretty tight knit like friend group together. So we're like, let's just like book a vacation home and the wives and kids can like hang out together. And, and we'll go into the studio <laughs> for a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it shouldn't be crazy. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, so for this question, I want you to picture you're on tour. You got a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice? Sweet chili heat Doritos. Easy. Hell yeah. Nice. Ooh. I love Takis, man. Me too. Yeah, Takis. I'd say Takis. <laughs> Beef jerky. Fuck, Ew. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> hey. Hey, it's Don't expensive, worry, but you're still hungry at the end of it, man. So good. Hey, you got you to get the, the 10 ounce one, the one that costs like yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah. That one, that one will be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Pep and Shed, the big tall ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I received my last ew, and I pass it on to you. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> chat is pretty solid. I'm, I'm backing you up, Rob. Oh my god. Uh, so for these last couple of questions, we're actually gonna shift away from music, if that's okay with you guys. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. So we're actually gonna go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink? It's a tough one. I, I would say like some chipotle. Like a nice burrito bowl. We, yeah, we, we don't have a Chipotle here. So that's yeah, okay. so like to you guys, it's like you guys Exquisite. got like... Yeah, there's one right down the road. Chipotle. Yeah, like... <laughs> Actually anti-Chipotle. Really? Well, Vancouver's <laughs> our closest Chipotle, and it's like eight and a half hours away. So like... Oof. It's I just like had my first Chipotle experience last week because I was in LA. Yeah. Oh, how was it? <laughs> it was good. But yeah. like, it's funny, like you, I've realized that because like I... I um. I work for a company that's our North American team is based out of LA. So um, I realized that my coworkers are all, not all, but a couple of them are, are also Chipotle snobs. I remember <laughs> they, a couple of them took me to Chipotle for like my first like lunch meal there. Mm-hmm. And then when one of my coworkers found out, he's like, really? 
of all the things in LA, you took him to Chipotle <laughs> first. To Chipotle. That's yeah, where there's ridiculous. actual Mexican food, like yeah. the exactly best free oh. food in the world. There's something about yeah. Chipotle though that just hits right, and yeah, like I I respect that. And drink like I don't know, but like those Monster Zero sugar monsters, they they hit different. You know, they got that tartness to them. I, I'll go with that. All right, perfect. Mine I'm gonna be. be... Ooh, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, I'm gonna be a real piece of shit and just say that it would be a like deep dish stuffed crust pepperoni pizza. Okay. Hell yeah! Like, like Caesar dressing is a dip, and because it's I don't I don't drink really like I don't drink pop or soda or anything like that. I like don't do a lot of sugar stuff, but I would just say fuck it. Like, give me the the biggest Coke you can. Exactly. <laughs> the leader. Yeah. Mine would be a uh, large pepperoni pineapple jalapeno pizza, um, and then beautiful. <laughs> I knew it was Devin for somebody. <laughs> uh, and then same same as Ross, I don't drink a lot of pop, so I, I would probably get like a giant Dr Pepper or something to go along with it. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go full dad. Big wagyu steak, rare, probably still cold on the inside, and a big, tall, unfiltered IPA with the floaties in it. All right. Oh, All right. Scared me with cold meat, but you know I'm, I'm, I'm with Rob. Live. I'm with Rob. Yeah, yeah. yeah I change. <laughs> cold meat. All right. Fucked yeah. up. Well, maybe, maybe it'll be like maybe it's warm in the middle. Like, are you talking blue? Are you talking like blue rare? Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Not like, quite. I like how particular I Rob's. Be warm. So like just like just barely yeah. warm. Rob will be yeah. the one that'll be like, "Can I get the day pass to just go barbecue it myself before I die?" <laughs> well, yeah. I was going to suggest my own steak, but yeah, that that I'll have somebody cook it this time. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, if you could live in one fiction world for a week, where would you live? Hmm. Three, yeah, two, we're all one, a bunch of nerds, so. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon be dope. I feel like that's just an easy cop out, but like Johto region, give me that. Don't give me eight hundred whatever Pokemon. Like, let's just go on an adventure and catch Lugia or something. Nice. I'd say um, the world of Bungie's uh, Destiny video games. Nice. I've I've been a huge Destiny nerd for a long time, and it's it's one of my favorite games to just like. Not just play wise, but like exploration wise, they nail their world builds and they're they're just everything about it every single time and it's always beautiful. And so to be able to like actually experience that for a week in real life would be pretty sick. Hell yeah. I think I'd have to watch the double sunset on tattooing. I was gonna say Harry Potter, but it's too cold there. It lives more cold. They don't need that. It's somewhere hot. Fair enough. So you'd want to go to Tatooine? I'm sorry. Well, it's I kind of like a judge. dump. It's kind of like I a do. dump. That's fucked. We should it's preface hot. that we had a heat wave where it was over 40 degrees last summer. Celsius. Was Celsius. <laughs> it's like 105 Fahrenheit or something. Maybe 110. I think, we, I think we all. I think we all missed the prime opportunity for the meme there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> About the sand. Oh yeah, sand everywhere, buddy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I barbecued in the sun, in like forty-two degree weather. It's clear that Rob is the dad baking. already in the yeah. band. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Rob was a Rob was a dad a decade before he had a kid. <laughs> that was our joke, is he was the fan dad. So. Yeah. Everybody's got to be on time. We have to set up everything first before we're allowed to have fun. Yeah. You know, <laughs> bad things. Let's hear it, Devin. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Being able to bend an element would just be sick. <laughs> nice. Oh yeah, awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, so I have the honor of asking the last question. Every single person we've spoken to has actually said it is the most important question. What is your favorite color? Mint green. I have my whole upstairs of my house is mint green. So <laughs> I love mint awesome. green. All right. Purple. Nice. Damn it, Devin. <laughs> same. You guys can have the same favorite color. <laughs> yeah, you color. can have the same color. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, purple. Same. Right. Yellow. Hell, nice. yeah. Hell yeah. Oh my god. Look at that. Best color. It's not going to show my keyboard. Oh, yeah, it is going to show oh, my there keyboard. There you go. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, that's uh, like a nice little lilac. It's purple. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. So, as Gloria said, that is all the questions we have to say. Is there anything that you guys would like to plug? Listen to our band. Or, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know when this time, comes out. By the time record you're listening to this, by oh. the time you're listening to this, the record's out. So please go listen to Terminal. Um, we have vinyl available through our record label store. Um, we have merch and vinyl available through our Bandcamp. Um, yeah. DM us yeah, on we hope Instagram you love it. If you cried listening to the last song, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's make that a like a a story thing that will. It's gonna be the new. It'll be the new, it'll be the new. It'll be the new TikTok challenge. Listen to Cassiar without crying. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, well, thank you for sounds, guys. Then, then Ben the burden, and we have been the Good Noise Podcast. <laughs>